Good day and welcome to the Projects Podcast. This is the podcast full of wonderful people who co-work at The Project, which is a wonderful space in central Brighton. It's based on Ship Street, so whenever you're around, please check us out. So, as usual, we have a wonderful ambassador uh, from The Projects to kick things off. And this time round, it's the uh, astounding Beth Lewis, who is going to give you all a good dressing down. Not really. Hello, Beth. Hello, Jez. How are you? I'm actually not bad. Not bad. That was really, really scared. Quite though. good, which is quite good actually. Okay. Um, so not bad is my language, but really quite good. Okay. You 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 quite often when you come in, you do a number scale. I do do a number scale. I think we need to change the scaling. Now. I'm not sure if I'm happy with it. I'm only happy with the numbering because I I just kind of go with a seven, eight. But I don't know. Maybe we'll have words instead, like superfire. So I'm super fine. I'm not mighty fine, but I'm super fine. Super fine. Yeah, and so, also, I, I've, I've always been taught not to be judgmental about whatever emotion you're in. So obviously, if you hear that you're a one, that you, you'd be judgmental. But it's okay to be a one. You're allowed to be a one some days. And you have to be a one sometimes in order to get to the ten. Otherwise, so. you can't tell. Yeah. You just can't tell. But I'm, I'm kind of, I'm super fine. Okay. How yeah. are you? Oh... I can't think of a word to describe it. I'm I'm really good. Yeah, I can't create these words you're like really, you do. You're really good. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm great. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of mini obsessed with words, probably. Yeah, I like that though. I know you do in your sort of your public speaking, don't you? You create different I words. Create, I create new words. Yeah. Yes. See, so yes. yes. I don't I'm have bored that. of the other one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have that creative capacity in my brain. So what's going on at the moment? I mean, you know, in this wonderful place. Yeah. What's happening? Oh, so much. I don't know where to begin. I guess within the building, the building is growing. I think someone said to me yesterday that the building is growing. The building is growing. Oh my God, that's scary. It's like that's my. Like it's some like a sort baby. Fifties baby. <laughs> well, someone was saying to me yesterday, and it was it got. I did get a bit creepy, so it was like a bit of a sci-fi movie. But they were like, the building is like your big baby, and then within it, there's all the other little babies. And then I thought the image was a bit it's scary. It's not one of those scary architects over the top, is it? Who is talking like that, or is it some sort of conceptual? Person? I think it's a, con- a bit a piece of conceptual art that they might create for us oh, to nice. represent my feelings towards the projects oh, um no um so obviously with the projects um the building itself um we wanted it to feel unfinished mm. i think mm. that the most sort of creative spaces are spaces where you see something new changing and growing and yeah. um and so that in itself we're redeveloping our terrace so you can go and sit outside in the sunshine and do work there and we're just cool. doing lots and lots and lots of development within the building and um, probably more excitingly at the moment we are really focusing on our community events so yes. what we really want is not just to have business support which we do we have funding help hubs and content marketing hubs and branding support and uh, pitching support now and also how to raise finance for your business all of these things mm. um, but what we really care about is the the whole person so even um, today we've just launched our nutrition help hubs so we have a qualified nutritionist within the building cool. and she has been doing a, um, a sort of mini consultation if people want them for free um, where you give your sort of medical history and then she sort of crafts a mini plan for you to focus on one particular issue of your health that you want to deal with and, and alongside our sort of meditation sessions and the yoga classes we've just started, we're really trying to curate a, an events and support calendar that um, really looks after the whole. Um, it's something that's really important to us. Um, and um, I mean, Beck, who the nutritionist I actually saw, and she's brilliant. She's incredible. And people are so... What I really learn in Brighton is that people are so collaborative and so willing to support with the view to... You know, seeing what they're going to be able to offer in the future yeah. that people just give their time because they love what they do mm-hmm. and that's the most beautiful thing that's happening here So that's uh, really good yeah so these things are ongoing and uh, can only uh, go from here that sounds sounds really cool I mean it's very interesting because I know that, that um, a lot of people around here and in fact generally in Brighton um, and in fact when I first came here until fairly recently I, I kind of like a lot of people concerned about prosperity and concerned about being, you know, better off and, you know, moving ahead, having more money and all this kind of stuff. 
What's interesting here, it seems to me that the people aren't quite so concerned with sort of, you know, concentrating on the prosperity bit. Mm. They're a bit more uh, focused, and it is focused, I think, on um, making sure that people are good and all right. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that I must. I think that's brilliant. I do think that the, potentially this is a controversial thing to say mm-hmm. um, that within Brighton that um, we don't focus enough on um, raising all of our industries so that we can be not just a really fun, beautiful, amazing city to join, but also a prosperous, industrious city. Um, And just last Wednesday, I don't know when this is going up, but last Wednesday on the end of May, um, we... um, really focused on that with um, lots of different businesses and the University of Brighton and um, feeding back to the council and the Chamber of Commerce, which was our first brand Brighton event. Yeah. Um, so the idea behind this is that um, Brighton is a very unique city and that we're all really happy to collaborate with each other um, and we're really supportive. However, we don't really seem to extend our services outside of the city yeah. in general. And we're also slightly underconfident in um, selling ourselves. So um, I think quite often businesses underpitch themselves. Um, Businesses don't have the space that they need, um, hence hence places like the projects. Um, And all of these things, which is sort of like a cultural issue within Brighton and also we just don't shout about how brilliant we are so we there are so many innovations and so many brilliant things happening in the city which is first class world class um projects um that nobody really knows about so we want to sort of change that so the projects is working really closely with the University of Brighton Chamber of Commerce and then the council as well to support local businesses so that um they do feel comfortable chasing that prosperity but in a way that feels ethical and sustainable and all of those things so just the beginning but hopefully we can make a real difference it just seems that you've got this just a nice kind of quite um busy mm. but mellow vibe here yeah i think that suits a lot of people yeah i hope so um i i think that that it's just reflected on you know that sort of like the merge of everybody's personality seems to fit quite well um and um you know we 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 i don't know the word organic i find slightly cringy but like we don't want to force collaboration on anybody we don't want to force anything but we just want people to slowly feel more and more at home um and and it's quite nice because we're still in that growing stage although we're nearly grown um we um people People are settled, but they're not completely settled into a routine. So that means anybody that knew that joins mm-hmm. kind of jumps on, and on in and that ride. So people have said that they feel so welcomed because yeah. people are still in that um, mindset of you say hello to somebody because everybody's new. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, freshers at university. Like yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. new, so everybody's like friendly to each other. And um, yeah, I mean, the challenge will be, you know, in five, ten years' time to keep that going, which yeah. I'm sure will you know we will with our wonderful members but um yeah that kind of like unimposing nature is something that's really important to us well i think in general you and you and alex um as it happens not that this is a total mutual love fest or anything <laughs> or i'm fishing for compliments or anything like that it's just no it's uh, um uh, again talking with someone else about this earlier on you you seem to understand boundaries really well yeah um, and that's something that's often very, very difficult, particularly if you are new. Yeah. Because the tendency can be to cliquefy. Yeah. And, and if you cliquefy, things can go woefully wrong. Yeah. Um, even though there's good intentions and you do generate energy if yeah. you go that way. I think also just in what we offer, um, we, 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 we want to make sure that we offer lots of different things at different times as well. So we offer evening stuff, we yeah. offer morning stuff, and that's a really big thing as well. Yeah. I know that I'm such a night owl and Alex is such a morning person yeah. that I would feel really excluded if lots of things were going on in the mornings, for example. And yeah. you have to really think about all the different patterns and the and the tendencies that all of these people have. And, and it's... Uh, I sound fucking blowing my own trumpet but like it's not it's not go for it it's not it's not an accident you really we really have to, we get we sit and we think about this stuff we're like and we uh, we're giving away all of our secrets but we do go through and think about each of our members 
each week and go, oh, we haven't seen them, so we send them a message. And it is, like, that takes up front by 50% of our time. Mm. Um, but what an amazing thing to do to build a community, especially in a city where people can often feel so isolated, and especially freelancers and mm. people who work by themselves at home, mm. just to come into an environment where you're not forced to do anything, but... You're welcome to if you want to. Yeah. It's really special to me. Well, it's good. And long may it continue. I hope so. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, just that we love you. Thank you for doing this. And thank it's you. Totally it's I such a it. pleasure to listen to as well. So Thank you. Thanks, Jazz. Now, as you should know well by now, I am after music. I love a podcast with a bit of popular music attached to it. And I'm determined to find it. But for now, you're going to have to make do with me. Yes, this is the dreaded time where you can go and pop the kettle on while I play you a couple of oldies, but, well, bronzies, from my uh, Neolithic age when I played music and had it produced for me into a gorgeous mess. And the first track is called Girls on the Train. I don't care, you might say, girls on the train always get away. And I don't care what you say, girls on the train always get their way. And don't move your eyes, I said, never turn your head, cause what you thought will be what you Next up on this fabulous show, we have the equally fragrant Alisa Salomon, who is a business coach and who runs a lean-in group at The Projects, which is a particularly fine accountability group and very useful for members of The Projects herein. Hello to you, Alisa. What is the difference between a trainer and a coach? To me, the, the difference is that I have... Um, a qualification and 
training as a, a person-centered coach. So I am accredited to facilitate workshops and to um, run meetings. And I have a, a lot of background and experience in that area, um, probably similar to someone who would term themselves a trainer. However, I have that specific training as a, a transformational life coach that also equips me to spend one-to-one -one time with people to help them grow and change using lots of tools and techniques that perhaps a trainer might not be used to using. It would certainly help me to understand um, how it actually happens. So let's say I am stuck in a particular um, role. It might be something to do with selling. It might be something to do with the way that I'm putting myself across with my client. It may be something to do with the quality of my product yeah. or service in, in some other way. Um, how do you actually go about transforming um, the way that these people go about doing what they're doing? What I tend to do with individual clients is they will come to me and I will spend half an hour understanding what kinds of goals and outcomes they wish to achieve. Um, I usually see people who are resourceful, creative and whole, that's how we term them. So they don't feel broken, they are well, so they're not seeking a counsellor, they're seeking a coach to coach them towards change. So someone will come and see me, they will spend half an hour um, talking to me and I will ask them questions and I will understand what kinds of outcomes they're seeking. And then I will probably ask them to come and see me for a program of six to eight sessions where I explore with them um, what it is they want to achieve. Um, it might be, for example, that they feel that they're terrible at time management um, and they procrastinate and they're perfectionists and they don't know how to move forward. Uh, they're constantly distracted. So I will listen to them and coaches do what we call holding space. So I will give them my undivided attention, listen to them powerfully, understand what motivates them and then perhaps thereafter in subsequent sessions after that first full hour um, use tools and techniques to help them change their perspective um, and that's that is often what what coaching is it helps clients make a mental shift to become different people and go in a different direction um, do you have a coach I, I do have a coach, yes. All coaches, just like all therapists need a therapist, all coaches need a coach or a coaching supervisor. So yes, I do. Fantastic. And from your point of view, how does it help you and how has it transformed you? Well, I, just like everyone else, um, can feel stuck and can, for example, um, I, I had a, a, a moment where I was suffering from imposter syndrome. I came out of the corporate world and became a, a coach and felt like I, I wasn't an authentic coach because I didn't have you know, as much experience as others. So I was coached by my coaching supervisor to understand actually I have equal right, along with all other coaches, to, to be here. Um, and... I, I made that shift myself and understood that I should let go, for example, of, of my own self-judgment and open up my perspective and, and it helped me. So just as I help people, people help me. Do you have a view as to how the landscape has changed in terms of how people have um, adopted coaching over the last few years? Yes. Um, well, coaching, I mean, there's there's hundreds of thousands of coaches around the world and lots of co most coaches have a niche. Um, my niche is is very much person centered transformational life coaching, career coaching and and corporate coaching, which is actually quite a wide sort of area. Um, but there are coaches for more or less everything. And I think people are tuning into the fact that 
you know, they, they don't necessarily go and see their GP if they're feeling depressed. They might actually think, you know what, I, I'm going to do a bit of research and understand what a coach might do for me or be referred to one by a friend um, and, and realise that just, you know, perhaps six sessions can transform someone's thinking. So I think there's a real zeitgeist around um, the coaching world and people realising that just having a conversation can help them move forward and help them free themselves up and get more into a flow of um, what, what, where to go in life if they, they are at a crossroads, for example. So this is interesting because a few years ago, um, particularly over in the States, um, everybody had a therapist. Yes. Um, what is the difference between a therapist and a coach? Good question, Jez. So a coach is very much forward-looking. And as, as I said earlier, um, they, they tend to deal with clients who are um, resourceful, creative and whole. So people who don't feel broken and who don't feel, for example, necessarily depressed. So someone might go and see a therapist and a therapist will spend time looking back at the reasons why they've, they, they've come to this point in their life and they're feeling depressed and don't know where to turn, for example. A coach will spend time with a client helping them look, look, look ahead, look forward and move in a, in a positive direction. So coaching is very much forward looking. There's lots of similarities and crossovers. Just like therapists, coaches don't, um, don't judge um, or provide opinion. So what I do is I listen powerfully to my clients and I don't judge them. I don't offer them opinions ever about what they should do, unlike a therapist. I will help them find it in themselves to bring about change by using various tools and techniques. And they might have, they usually do have an epiphany moment, probably two or three hours into their coaching journey and realize actually, yes, I I can do that. I do have the confidence to do that. I am resilient enough to do X or Y. What is it about the projects that you like and what is it about projects that you think and will help your business? Um, so I love the fact that it's a very creative community of co-workers. It's, it's a fantastic networking opportunity, actually. Everyone is really interesting and very creative in their own right, and everyone is doing some great stuff. And so together we form this, this really interesting community of, of people. Um, I love the fact that it's in central Brighton, that it's run by very flexible, very lovely people. I like the various different spaces that we can make use of. The sitting room where we are now, which is a, a fantastic um, room with lots of soft furnishings and makes clients feel very comfortable. Uh, I like the fact that the the second floor is the quiet floor, so I can sit and work very quietly doing the business side of my job um, and come down here to the sitting room and, and coach clients via Skype or face-to-face and, and be comfortable and, and quiet and, and hold that space for clients. It's... Fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, just that it's absolutely fantastic to be here. The other thing that I would like to add is that I'm, I'm um, in the past, been very active in the Lean In um, initiative. And I, I launched that initiative in my old, in the UK offices of my old organisation. And it really helped people change and grow. And it kind of really dovetailed well with my sort of new life coaching direction. Um, and I have polled the community here at the projects to ask people if they are interested in joining uh, Lean In Circles. And there's been quite a lot of interest. So I'm going to be launching a, a Lean In initiative here too, which I'm very pleased about which will allow small circles people to to form into small circles and and be able to feel empowered as they share and support each other from a professional standpoint and what is distinct about the leaning method or principle 
It's really aimed at, um, it's, it started out being aimed at professional women, but there was a, a realisation quite early on that women and men need to, be, need to work together in order to um, you know, make the world more balanced. Um, so it's about empowering professional women to, um, as Sheryl Sandberg, who started the uh, initiative, said, to take a place at the table, to feel like they don't need to suffer from imposter syndrome. Um, they, they should feel empowered with, with um, support from their, their peer networks to ask, for example, for a raise because they recognise that they're worth it, to ask for a... Um, um, uh, a promotion, for example, when they've held back from doing that, that they are, um, you know, they can break down professional barriers and with the support of their peers, they can move forward and, and be um, important, empowered women and men working together to make a more balanced world. Cool. That would be interesting to see how that happens in this uh, slightly smaller business environment. Mm. Um, uh, I look forward to seeing how that happens. Uh, very exciting. Yes, it is. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Um, it's been a total pleasure to listen to what you have to say about what you're up to. Uh, and, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what happens in the future. Brilliant. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks so much, Elisa. Thank you. And because none of you beautiful people is forthcoming with your music, you're going to have to suffer me again. This is uh, Jeremy Kay uh, from a few years ago with the extraordinary She Takes the Lady. She takes the lady Packs it in a reticule Fastens her safety belt All the way to school Things about it all the time Waiting for someone Step out of line I thought you lost it years ago Dandy shirts and leather soul I thought you might have understood Things we said you never could I thought about it yesterday So it's into
My next guests on the Projects podcast are Stu and Ollie from Creative Bloom. They would like to talk to you about the dark art and science of search engine optimization, or SEO to you, and uh, some of the good stuff they're both doing to clean up the shores of this delightful village town city we live in. Uh, I'm Stu, I'm, I'm the head of agency and the uh, founder of Creative Bloom. Uh, it's my job to, I guess, steer the business in the right direction, think about the clients we're bringing in, and uh, I put together the strategies uh, uh, you know, for us to help those businesses as well. Uh, my name's Ollie, uh, I'm a senior consultant at Bloom. Uh, I've been working here for about two years. Um, I do a lot of delivery, so uh, but, but a range of different things. So I'm doing kind of paid campaigns, uh, optimizing websites for SEO. I do a little bit on UX and design because um, I've got a creative side to me as well. So, but then we're also doing training together, Stu and I. So we kind of have yeah. a. Ollie's 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 my William Riker <laughs> to use a Star Trek analogy. Oh, nice. Yeah, he is. I was going to say I'm John Luke. I'm uh, <laughs> bobbing out and about. No, and, uh... I, there's only one John Luke. Oh, right. <laughs> What's it like to work in the project? We've been through kind of quite a, um, an organic process of last year where we our team has changed slightly, and I think being here allows us to kind of keep that kind of vibe going to kind of interact with other people. Um, because it's just, I think the project just allows for so many people with lots of ideas and stuff to be having conversations and it helps us come up with ideas and kind of collaborate with other people and, you know, um, we can pass work to other people in the project and vice versa, so I think, it's, uh, I think it's a good space. What sort of work do you share? So what sort of work do you need help with the collaborative aspect? I mean, whenever, I mean because we, we specialise in almost the technical side of SEO and website, getting people found there's obviously we do design stuff as well but if there's a design job that we know would be better done by another company then you know we've got now relationships here that we pass it over to so and we would it's, it's kind of been reciprocated so cool and in terms because it's an interesting thing now when I started uh, which is eons ago uh, you had creative people mm-hmm. who sort of kick things off in a way they're creative in a funny sort of way. I think they're opportunists more than anything else because they thought, well, oh, HTML, that's quite easy, so maybe I'll just run a business on that. And they kind of, they worked, in a way. Um, for people I met that started, this is about 23 years ago. Um, and then it became, uh, we've got creatives and we've got technical people. Mm. Um, that was technical side of the bit I was on, as it happened. Then you started to get the whole social element that sort of came in and that started to fragment as well. Mm-hmm. Then you get this kind of concept of what is SEO. There were some people a few years ago who said SEO is dead, it's a bit crap because it's just kind of dark magic that isn't. Um, and now it's become, it seems to me, a serious deal. Mm. Um, from your point of view, being in the, at the cold face as it were, um, what do you see sort of changed in the last, let's say, 10 years? Yeah, I think um, you're right to say that it, it was a very technical practice. Um, it were, you know, you had this concept of a webmaster. Uh, and if anyone's ever met a webmaster, I'd like to meet one. Yes, I've no never wizard. actually met somebody <laughs> yeah. who had called himself a webmaster. <laughs> the webmaster. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it, it was quite technical and it was... Uh, uh, a lot more simple, uh, I, I suppose, to be able to optimize a website. It would be you'd put certain keywords on. You could put meta tags back in the day, where you could just jam uh, um, uh, meta meta keywords and try and optimize for it. And I guess Google's continuously refining and refining and refining mm. and refining, um, and it has changed the deal as well. So um, the amount of what we call non-clickable elements on a search engine result page has increased massively. So you have to pay attention for your industry sector. What's what Google's basically stealing? Not stealing, but uh, <laughs> it, it stops you from going from away from Google. Google's changed the yeah. deal. Whereas before, you know, you could advertise or you would optimize a site mm-hmm. and you'd be in the rankings. Mm-hmm. There's now so many different elements as well, and you know, Google's obviously trying to keep people on the search engine result page. 
So I know hotels took a quite a big kicking because they were pulling out all of the, the, the metal and flights, Chicago, yeah. flights. So it's important to, so I'd say, that, you know, one of the biggest things is, you know, type in your, what you do and pay attention to what's happening on the search engine result pages and keep paying attention and make sure you're on those third party verticals that might be able to give you a listing as well. So it's not just about optimizing your website. You've got to really really be looking as well when you say third party verticals what do you, what do you mean by that such as TripAdvisor uh, such as if you're a training company Google will pull through your events from Eventbrite so if you're not on Eventbrite your Google's not going to pull it through if you're a video production company if you don't have your videos on YouTube Google's not going to serve your videos when someone searches for your name or, uh, for example so you know you want to play in the space where Google wants you to play and operate as well so it's just important to pay attention so do a brand search for your brand make sure your Google business page is well optimized uh, and make sure you're on the places where Google's going to kind of pull in what we call non-clickable elements so it's a click that's not going to go on your website but you still want to own that space mm-hmm. um, and I'd say I mean for me SEO has uh, I think SEO has always been working out what makes you special and that you have articulated yourself clearly and concisely and you've got a website that really works well for your customers and every page has a purpose and add value. And then it's about putting signals on and off the website to optimize it for user search intent. And there's also, uh, uh, which is a bit of a darker art. Well, I'd say it's a darker art, but it's just more work is to raise your authority and you do that by creating content that gets traffic or you do that by creating content and getting on websites and getting websites to link into. And what do you think is the difference between being in London and being here? I think um, it's, it feels even cliche to say now but I, you know I got to London now and it's just it's it's a bit like being in a hurricane and you come back here and it's relaxed and you got the sea and everyone I mean you know well, when it gets warmer, he gets a bit mad in Brighton. But um, I don't know. I feel like Brighton. There just is something about there's this feel of opportunity um, that I feel London. London feels like everyone is just like at each other's throats a little bit. Mm. Um, and I feel feel like right down here, people are more want to help each other. There's more more of a sense of community, mm. and I think that's the biggest the biggest kind of uh, difference that's noticeable kind of day to day that people actually want to help each other in Brighton whereas I think London people would rather just kind of tune out stay in their bubble um, mm. at least that's the that's mm. the you know mate I'm sure there's a, a few little pockets that are, that are trying to fight against that but <laughs> what do you think yeah no I'd agree um, uh, it's, a, it's a special place I think it's an analogy. Brighton's got a, a brilliant brain and a brilliant heart, but the body needs a bit of work. <laughs> <laughs> and you can like read into that. Classic, you know, classic you know. car that's been in the garage too long. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I think I think that I think that's true. And actually, the, the, there is an element of kind of people thinking, "Oh, I'll never get this flab off." Um, whereas, whereas maybe there's there seems to me to be quite an interesting sort of. Un, kind of movement almost now mm. of optimism yeah in bright a kind of new age in a way mm, yeah. it seems um which is really really good yeah um but yeah you see you're right because it, I mean, I mean, it's, it's not you know it's not with it's, it's a big party town you know there are problems with alcohol and drugs you mm. see on the streets so it's you know high one of the highest density of uh, uh, homelessness in, in the country. I think we're up there in the, in the top 10. Mm. Uh, and, you know, we've got a huge problem with waste on our marine environment and in the city as well. So that's mm. kind of where, <laughs> you know, so, the, but there are some really, really brilliant, and, you know, you know the council funding's been cut, uh, organisations funding's cut, but there's some brilliant uh, people who are stepping in to fill that gap in Brighton. And I think that's, you know, and there are lots of people trying to get involved as well. So... Uh, yeah, because my um, uh, I'm a uh, uh, I work I also work for Surf Against Sewage. Uh, oh, well. I'm a local yeah rep for Hove, so we organise beach cleans. Uh, you know we lobby nationally uh, for uh, anti-plastic legislation, and we'll also work locally with the councils as well. Um, so yeah, I think you know in the last three or f- four to five years, there's been a massive upturn in terms of people getting involved. How do these beach cleans work in terms? Because it's interesting when you say 
there's quite a lot of small stuff. Mm. So who's there to kind of guide people in terms of what they're looking for and all that kind of stuff? Because presumably you need a little bit of guidance. Yeah, we teach on the beach. So we educate yeah. people as they come through and we just tell them what to look for mm. and how to look for it. And you know, give them a pair of gloves and some grabbers and off they go. I think the most shocking thing is, is if you stand, you know, on the pier and you look at the beach, you know, from a distance, mm. you, it looks, oh, this beach is so clean. If you go down and walk around, literally just lift a few stones, mm. it's incredible the amount that how quickly you can fill a bag with bags. just little bits. Yeah, and the amount of bags that will suddenly fill up. You, you know, you get the first one. Oh, it's not much there, and then suddenly you've just got all of these bags yeah, of stuff yeah. coming through. I know a large percentage of the waste left on the beach is from uh, alcohol-related parties. People get drunk, forget to leave it, or mm. you know they're just drunk and they don't care. And you know, you, you know what part of the beach you're cleaning as well because you know, home <laughs> end yeah. is more kind of. Glass, uh, Glass straws, champagne, yeah. corks, and then Brighton end is more kind of strongbow and Stella. You got the Kemp Town end, well, there's different things over there. Yeah. <laughs> the council are um, are in consultations. They are um, talking. We, you know, we're, we're one of our um, uh, reps, Claire Potter, is is on their consultation team, talking about events, about how to reduce events and licensing things like that. There's still got a lot of work to be done. Um, but there are the right steps are being made, um, but yeah, it's it's a two pronged approach. I think you know a bit of uh, you know signage, better bins. I know there's uh, there's uh, issues around uh, what Veolia can pick up from the beach and sort of things like that. Mm. Does recycle things like that. So there's a few there's a few things in there. But again, it's just yeah, I'm a big believer in nudging in nudging people to get them to change their behaviours as well and if we can just get everybody moving in the right direction then you know everyone's going to nudge that 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 that, that much closer to just you know st- stop leaving it on the beach and st- think about the, you know, the, the footprint and the waste that they create. Um, I wish you all the best. Thank you Jess. Thank you.
And I don't say we'll have much to say And don't imagine right or wrong You'll find me in this song It's been a long time since we drove your car Long time since you took my arm Long time since we drove your car Long time since I took your arm Long time since Harmonica 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 Yes, that was Jeremy Kay with a song called Harmonica from, ooh, 20 years ago. Uh, sounds as fresh as a daisy, doesn't it? Anyway, enough of that rubbish. On to the next guest. Here we have uh, the gorgeous Matt Humphrey, who is a little bit of a polymath in the sense that he's a photographer and a very talented one at that. And he also runs a portal for the theatrical industry, uh, which is rather a fantastic thing, called Curtain Call. But I'll leave him to tell you all about it. I was never into theatre at all. It was never my thing. Um, And, yeah, about 11 years ago or so, I I kind of decided to become a photographer. Moved back to England. I'd been in Hong Kong, and my brother, who was head of stage at the old Vic said hey come and work here and it's a fun place to work and you'll meet loads of quirky people and um, and I was like oh yeah I'm not that bothered about theatre but I'll give it a go and kind of walked in through the the back shutters of this theatre and discovered like this shabby ramshackled old building and then this beautiful auditorium the other side of the curtain and I just became fascinated with the whole process of what it took and who it took to put a production together and that kind of became everything so I started working backstage on the shows like pulling ropes moving scenery around um, and I guess it was kind of whilst I was doing that and in the the lulls between my cues up on the fly floor that I had my camera with me and I just started snapping what was happening around me. And um, and obviously kind of became friendly with like the actors who were part of the um, whatever production it was you were working on and, and the crew and everybody in the building really. Um, and it's such a, an amazing art form that it... because it, it, it's so collaborative. It really... You know, what you see on stage is really like the tip of the iceberg. You know, everything else supporting it is... It's amazing seeing all these people coming together and producing this thing that, from out front, looks like it's running absolutely seamlessly for 90 minutes or whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, it fascinates me that these people keep on doing this because they don't get paid that much and... There's so much passion involved in it. A lot of people do it because they love it. Um, And it's great when you have that because beautiful things happen. The French part obsessed by by the theatre and, you know, parody and all that and, you know, what goes on in the gods and what goes on down below. There's a kind of class thing as well kind of attached to it for, for a while. Maybe it still is, but for a while. But it was a whole kind of world that kind of went to the theatre. And they were entertained by people telling life stories. Yeah. Or at least interpretations of life. And and it just seems to me that that world can be that fascinating, you know. It's, it's really interesting you pick up on that, because I, I think that's a notion of what theatre... Uh, 
used to be and has been. Uh, actually, what's happening now is really interesting because you know young creatives are kind of coming into the scene and going, why do we all have to sit in rows next to each other in a really old building with a proscenium arch and the action takes place over there and I can't get involved? That seems nonsensical to me. And they're creating these amazing pieces of theatre in disused warehouses and old post offices or in the street or, you know, wherever it is. And, you know, we've got Brighton Fringe coming up as well and that's a great example of the creativity and inspiration of, you know, what other people call emerging talent now. It's great that it's been removed from these buildings because that's the future of it. But in essence, it's still all about just getting a group of people together that believe in the art of storytelling and telling a story. And that's, I guess, to go back to your, you know what we were saying before, what gets me up, I guess it's storytelling and, and people, you know, whether that's being a part of it through theatre or um, capturing it through my lens. Have you done the kind of front of camera before? No. Would you ever do it? Doesn't interest me. I've always been an observer. Yeah. When I was younger, like my, I've got an older brother, and he's just always would, just do do everything. Like he'd do all the talking for me. Like he'd do all the taking part for me, and and him. So I kind of spent a lot of my childhood just kind of watching, and I guess that's where it's kind of come from. You know, observing and watching, and yeah. And it's that that that's. That in itself is fascinating because presumably you've found things that other people haven't seen because they're either too busy performing or they're too busy doing something else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it, it kind of started when I was working on the production, right? So yeah. I'd be aware of all these things that had to take place, you know, like there's a whole choreography that happens backstage, which is as rehearsed as the action on stage right so you've got people kind of sliding past each other to do a quick change here somebody go in the other direction to pull a rope or move a piece of scenery whatever it is and and I guess it was through those moments of my inactivity like that I go oh that looks quite nice oh that actor always sits in that same spot every night under that lamp that doesn't she look amazing I'm going to try and capture that. Um, And when we set about to do this through Curtain Call, you know, um, I was working on it with with John Schwab, my friend and co-founder and and the business, and he's an actor. And he came to me, he was like, I really want to, I really want to assemble a book of, that tells the story of what happens backstage. Because as you and I both know, there's so much that happens. And actually, for everybody that's working on the show, that's what they remember. They don't remember, you know, the, the mm. lines and the play mm. and mm. all of that. It's all this chaos and excitement that happens in the wings and all of that. So it's, it's a privilege to be a part of that. And I, and I love doing that. I just love capturing it and... And when I'm there, I feel like I'm a part of it. Although I try to be unobtrusive and coined the nickname of the backstage ninja. Um, I'm dressed in black with my camera just kind of lurking in the shadows, but I love it. You've got this book out. Have you got any more coming out? You've got the curtain called book, which is amazing. <sighs> Thanks. I, I'm sighing because... It was a, a oh, it was a work of passion, and it, it almost killed us, to be honest. Um, and at the time we did it, we were like, "Oh, let's let's create a book, and we'll do an annual book." Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the the year kind of came to a close. I don't know how we did it, to be honest. Um, we self published it, so we raised money to be able to print it to be able to pay a design team to put it together, to be able to... All of that. Um, And it's not cheap. Um, 
so then we were like, well, we've got this really expensive book that cost us loads of money to do. We better make sure it shifts. And so obviously I had to pay the PR to do it. And actually, it was hugely successful because, you know, there's intimate photos of some of the biggest stars on screen who work in theatre. You know, like Benedict Cumberbatch was in in town that year. It was amazing. So, you know, ended up with the PR of it, talking, you know, with Jonathan Ross on Radio 2 and, like, all this... It was mental. Um... But yeah, it almost killed us. And I think after it, we thought we can't do this every year. This, yeah. could, it, you know, it could be fun. But so I've got an idea for another book uh, with Kurt and Cool. But I think I'll, um, I'm going to try and get more photographers involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be a bit more of a compilation. Um, and you know, aside from that, I'd probably like to do. Or one of my own kind of photography books at some point as well. But yeah. You never know. But it's personal, isn't it? It's yeah. It's personal and it's quite, it's an amazing set of little vignettes, um, Kurt and Cool, the book. And it just seems to be, uh, well, beautifully put together. Thanks. As I guess these things would be when you've really invested a huge amount of your resource yeah. into it. You know, it's not going to be just brushed out, is it? With that sort of amount of effort and investment going into it. No. But it's great, and and one of the things that um, again I'm I'm interested in what happened next. What happens next? So, with curtain call, what's what's the intention with the 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 big business? The big the big vision, the big ethos behind the book and our platform is that we believe that everyone deserves to take a bow. Which is why we called the company Curtain Call. Because the success of the production is a sum of its parts, right? And it's... We tried to represent that, first of all, through the photography and through the book itself. Um, And off the back of that book, you know, we're spending like a year going backstage talking with thousands of professionals... And through the, it was a massive market research project, basically. Mm. And through the course of that year, we kind of realised that there was a few problems within the industry in terms of how people got work, found work, Mm. um, and career progression and training and various things. And so we kind of sat back and thought, well, we can probably do something about this. Um, And... So that's where the idea for the platform has come from. Um, that this is a platform where casting directors, agents, producers can go to to find their talent, to be able to both crew up in terms of backstage, but also cast a, a production. Um, so that you know, the big vision for the platform, once we get the investment that we're trying to raise, is is to grow establish ourselves within the industry but then also grow laterally you know into film tv states you know move geographically as well and it's a it's a big it's a big vision but um i'm excited about it mm. i guess you just need to make sure that you get backing and yeah to make it get bigger and stuff because there's what just two of you it's just Two of us. We have a social media manager as well. Yeah. Um, but the the core team is small. Um, and you know we we kind of walked into this as a photographer and an actor, and you know, a couple of years later we're <laughs> running a technology business. It's, yeah. It's mental. Um, well, it's quite complex, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, yeah. It's fun. You know, we've yeah, got to keep sight of what's. You know, other things as well. Family's mm. really important to both of us. Mm. Um, and, you know, my photography's important to me and acting's really important to John as well. Mm. So, Well, I wish you all the best. Um, it's Thanks. quite a project. Well, the various things you're doing, quite a few projects. But yeah, I should probably focus, shouldn't I? Yeah, <laughs> shouldn't we all? 
uh, it's our, the, the, the grand disease in, in Brighton is we're all doing a lot of stuff but it, there's a good reason for that I think yeah definitely that we just get fed by, by creativity our own and other people it's a fantastic example of just that thank you very much for your time thank you so there you go another look into the fabulous world that is the projects and it's uh, glorious people inside i do hope you enjoyed the show um next time with any luck we'll have someone else's music but we will most definitely have quality people to talk to once again and the glorious conversations that they create uh, thank you for your time i hope you enjoyed it and see you again next time bye